Thanks for listening to the nice podcast. I'm Dave Delaney. If you haven't noticed, we've taken a little bit of a hiatus over the last several months. Uh, A big revelation was found. I have ADHD, and that explains a whole lot. And of course, naturally, as a veteran podcaster, I started another podcast all about it, and it's called ADHD Wise Squirrels, and you can find it at wisequirrels.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search ADHD Wise Squirrels. Pop over and have a listen. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Nice. 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 Nice with Dave Delaney. Welcome to episode five of the Nice Podcast with Dave Delaney. I'm your host. Wait for it. It's me. It's Dave Delaney. I have no guest today, but that's okay. It's just you and me. You are a nice maker. Why else would you be listening to this? So I'd like to get to know you a little better. So If you visit friend.nicemaker.co or just click the link in the description, you can share a little bit about yourself. Now, I want this podcast to be valuable to you. I want you to, to enjoy it, but I also want you to get takeaways that you can actually use to improve your life, your business. So sharing a little bit about yourself will help me bring on the guests that you want to hear from and talk about the topics that are most important to you. So please do this. Do this now or right after you listen today. Click that link in the description and we'll, we'll go from there. As a refresher, I've already covered topics that I feel are important. On episode four, that was the last episode, uh, Laura Gasner-Odding shared great thoughts about chasing our passions and evaluating what we do for a living. I just had a good chat about this on Twitter last week. Uh, I'm lucky to earn a living doing what I love to do, which is public speaking and corporate training. And, you know, I love to teach people, but I often beat myself up about it because it doesn't feel like work. I even talked myself out of doing this work because of this problem. It it doesn't feel like work. And I guess that's kind of the goal, right? I wonder if this is the case for you. Does this happen? Do you kind of get lost in your work because you're actually enjoying what you do? I hope that's the case. I truly believe we all have gifts and we should be sharing those gifts with the world. And the ultimate goal is to do what you love for a living, right? So in episode three with Lisa Cummings, we spoke about personality assessments. Have you tried one yet? What did you realize from the findings? You know, Lisa recommended printing off your top five strengths and keeping them close by to where you do your work, maybe hanging them on the wall above your desk, for example. And that's where mine's posted, by the way. So consider how or if the work that you're doing fits with your personality. And if it doesn't, do something that does or outsource the stuff that you're not meant to do. 
I hired a virtual assistant in January who is amazing. Tammy, if you are listening to this, thank you so much for all of your hard work and putting up with me. You're amazing. So Tammy handles my scheduling and the planning with my speaking clients so I can focus on the creation and delivery of content that serves you, the nice maker. I probably wouldn't have time to record this for you if it wasn't for the amazing Tammy. So I do really want to say thank you to Tammy for, for all of her hard work. And speaking of creativity, in episode two, I spoke with Denise Jacobs, who wrote the book, Banish Your Inner Critic. And we spoke about self-doubt and the Dunning-Kruger effect. You know, it's wild to think that if you're experiencing self-doubt, it's likely a good thing. It probably means you're on the right track and you're doing what you were supposed to do. And you're doing what you were supposed to do. Of course, this doesn't mean a writer should try performing surgery or a chef should be a firefighter or a, I don't know, reality TV star should become president. Was that, was that too soon? <laughs> In the first episode, I went really deep with New York Times bestselling author Chris Brogan. And we touched on the sunk cost fallacy. We spoke about transparency versus bravery and anxiety and depression as well. And if I've learned anything in the past few years, it's the importance of empathy and therapy as well. You know, we all need to spend more time putting ourselves in the shoes of the others. And if things are feeling dark, get some help. Chris shared a shocking statistic with us about suicide. You know, get some help if you feel you need it. Even if you just need someone to speak with. You know, I did. And my conversations with the therapist have left me feeling much better and much brighter. Before I wrap this episode up, I want to read an article I wrote a while back on the blog about loneliness. So this blog post was written May 6th last year. It's a strange phenomenon to be self-quarantined with my family. I have my two teenaged kiddos home with us all day. They are often in their rooms working on schoolwork, they're reading, gaming, or FaceTiming with friends, and they spend the majority of the day hidden in their rooms. And my better half is the same. She's happiest with a book, but also helps the kids with their homework and has her own schoolwork to do. She's a teacher. Me? I'm working, but I crave interaction. So I was irritable for a couple of days in a row recently. I equated it to some future work concerns and our teenagers' habits. Um, and I had a revelation yesterday while listening to Brene Brown's Unlocking Us podcast interview with the physician and former Surgeon General of the U.S., Dr. Vivek Murthy. What was the revelation, Dave, you ask? I'm lonely. Researchers and scientists say loneliness is a gap between the connections you need and the social connections you have. Loneliness is subjective. It's different than objective terms like isolation. You can have many people around you and still feel lonely. I want to repeat that. You can have many people around you and you can still feel lonely. According to the American Psychiatric Association, loneliness isn't necessarily the same as being alone. It usually refers to the distress that people feel when their social involvement and relationships are not what they want them to be, such as feeling left out or alone when they'd rather be involved or interacting with others. 
Now, according to Dr. Murthy, there's a deep stigma and shame that comes with loneliness. We feel that if we are alone, we're not likable or we're broken in some way. And this stops us from admitting how we feel to ourselves. If it's beyond our vision, we don't discuss it. Now, people describe loneliness as carrying an entire load by themselves. They feel like if they disappeared tomorrow, nobody would care. Or they feel that they are invisible. It doesn't look like someone just sitting by themselves at a party. Uh, It can show up in different ways, like fatigue or anger, social withdrawal, or irritability. Now, Dr. Murphy defines three dimensions of loneliness and explains that we need all three dimensions to feel socially connected. The, The first is intimate and emotional. We want a partner. Two is relational and social. We crave friendships. And three is collective loneliness. We want to belong to a community or a network of people who share our interests. That's part of the reason why I created the Nice Maker Facebook group. You know, I'll include a link to that in the show notes so that you can click over and join us. I mean, that's what I'm doing with that group is I'm trying to encourage all of us to connect with one another. So any lack of relationships in these dimensions can lead to loneliness. So you can have a wonderfully intimate relationship with your spouse, and yet you can still feel lonely if you're lacking a community or you're lacking friendships. And this is kind of where I've been. So this is where approaching people for genuine connection instead of validation is key. So loneliness can also come from not being your true self. You need to connect to yourself by understanding your worth and value. And this gives you the power to be yourself. This is part of the reason why I had Lisa Cummings on the show. I want to sh- I want you to better understand yourself. If we spend time trying to be someone we are not, it doesn't feel good. Human instincts guide us to deeper connections to people. You feel emotionally drained when you are craving someone's acceptance. Think of a date or meeting when you are nervous, right? You're exhausted by the end because you're focusing on trying to please the other person. So focus on the connection you have to yourself first. Recognizing this is powerful because you can observe how you interact with others. Loneliness has profound consequences for our health. It's much more than just a bad feeling. Now, Dr. Juliana Holds Lung Stand, which I'm sure I just butchered her name. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> She's done extensive research into this and discovered that people with strong social relationships are 50% less likely to die prematurely than those with weak social relationships. She found the impact of lacking social connection on reducing lifespan is equal to the rise, excuse me, is equal to the risk of smoking 15 cigarettes a day and is greater than the risk of obesity, excessive alcohol, and lack of exercise. She studied multiple studies and found confirmation that this causes a higher risk of coronary coronary heart disease, high blood pressure, stroke, dementia, depression, and anxiety. Loneliness can leave you with a lower quality of sleep, more immune system dysfunction, and more impulsive behavior and impaired judgment. We humans are relational entities. We decide who we want to hang out with instinctively. So if you spend five minutes openly talking to a neighbor, that gives you a shared experience and it gives you insights into their values. 
And what's important is it's an in-person, albeit six feet away, conversation. So these days, everyone is connecting via web video services like Zoom or Skype or Meet or Hangouts or via telephone or, or social media. And online dialogue is so challenging because there's no relational context. So visual cues like body language and facial expressions or tone of voice can also be missing from encounters on social media. And this can lead to toxic exchanges online. Now, the only way to address big issues is to talk with people. Today's technology makes us think we know the enemy and we believe that we see and hear online and in the news. We end up feeling closer and more threatened to the people we're against. It's crucial, though, that we don't feed the trolls. You don't really know the people you see online or in the news who you feel against. Step back and consider that these people are humans. Be empathetic. There are parts of everybody that are lovable to others. Consider what the people you feel against are scared about. Everyone has something that makes them lovable and something that they are scared about. And this is called mutual vulnerability. And there is this cognitive bias called motive attribution asymmetry. And this tells us our beliefs are grounded in love and our opponent's beliefs are grounded in hatred. And the contempt that results in this bias is visceral and righteous, and it feeds intolerance in the same emotional stew that makes loneliness so toxic. People don't trust each other's motives. This leads to motive attribution asymmetry. The only way to get past this is to build true, authentic relationships with each other. And the only way to do this is to open up and be vulnerable. And this is exactly what Chris Brogan was talking about in episode one, about authenticity and bravery. We get signals telling us who we need to be. The definition of success and worth is often led by our ability to acquire wealth, reputation, and power. And the reality is the true definition of worth is about the ability to give and receive love. It requires courage to be vulnerable. The ability to recognize our values are important. Society tells us to chase the false gods of wealth and reputation and power. And Dr. Murthy explained that he's worried we are not setting our children up to believe in themselves and recognize their true source of power and self-worth. Instead, we're telling them their value is conditional on the acquisition of eccentric things and circumstances. Hunter-gatherers being separated from their tribes once led to loneliness. This meant our likelihood of survival went down because we were more likely to be killed by a predator or have a lack of food supply. Our threat level would shift up and we would focus inward because of our lack of safety. We need one another it's human nature. And when you try to interact with someone who is an elevated threat level, it makes it harder to connect with them. Loneliness chips away at our self-esteem. It makes us think we are not lovable or likable. We need to make conscious decision in our culture to shift what self-worth is defined by. We need to understand shame and empathy. Shame corrodes our capacity 
for empathy of others because it's so self-focused. And when we do this, we continue to lead people to places where they don't feel they are enough, which is a recipe for loneliness. Loneliness reveals the power of human connection in our life. And the power of that connection can help deep trauma. Authentic, open relationships lead to love. And there is nothing more powerful than love. So we need to strive to move us as a society to value connection and put people at the center of our lives and society. It's normal to feel lonely. Let me say that again. It's normal to feel lonely. I felt much better when I shared this discovery with my family. It turns out we all feel lonely and it's perfectly normal during this new normal pandemic life that we're living. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I would really encourage you to share it with your friends, with your family. Let others listen to this. Are there experts, people you'd like to hear on the show? Are there topics you'd like to cover? I'm here for you. That's the purpose of this podcast. If you go to friend.nicepodcast.co, I've got that little short survey. I really would appreciate you filling it out and letting me know because I want to keep making this show amazing. And I've got some incredible guests lined up, but I also want to make sure that I'm meeting your needs and I'm providing great value to you. So with that, I'm going to sign off. This is episode five of the nice podcast. I'll have another guest for you next week. I'm Dave Delaney. Be nice. So many times I've felt it coming on. But when you look at me, you melt all suspicion. Destroy every red for feeling. Been appealing to believe it can be true. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe.